welcome. Thanks for joining me on the pilot episode of Mind You. Um, this is kind of something I've kind of dealt with in the past, but I've it's been very, very beneficial for me, and I kind of just wanted to share it and get the sort of idea out there of just being open talking about mental health in any way, shape, or form that would benefit you and your mental health. Um, right now, uh, it's just me. Uh, my name's Reese, Reese Boy. Uh, welcome to the Twitch channel if you're coming in to listen to the first Mind You. Uh, we also have um, three other people joining me. So if you want to take it in turns, just introducing yourselves. Um, and then we'll go around and I'll sort of start my piece. And then we'll take a turn around and everyone has their piece to say what they want. Ladies first. Oh, it me. I, I'm Tiffany. Um, Tiff Stardust on Twitch and Twitter. Um, 31-year-old, lifelong, depressed, anxious person. Next. I'll go next. I'm Reese, 20, I'm 23 years old, and the same as Tiff, I am a lifelong, depressed and anxious person. And last but not least. Yay, that's you. Yay, are you still with us? Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Yeah. Okay, uh, so, yay. I've probably suffered from depression for about the last 10 years, rather than my whole life, but yeah, that's, that's me. Okay, yeah, it was kind of, for there, it was kind of cutting out, but I think we got the gist of it, um, so I was dealing with yeah. Yeti, Redon, Reese, and Tiff, Tiff Stardust. Um, so the structure of this, that's why what I do is I, I'll go first. I'm going to say some things that I want to get out, some experiences that I've had and maybe just some of my sort of feelings and things on my mind for this week. And then we'll sort of go around. Uh, everyone else can have their piece. And after each one has sort of said something, people can kind of join in together and uh, talk about it and try and, you know, be positive, see some positive things and, uh, you know, maybe try and point them in the right direction if they're looking some way or going down a certain path that you think is too negative and we'll, we'll sort of see it when we get there. Um, but the whole point of mind you is just to be open and talk about stuff like that. Today is, uh, worldwide suicide, uh, prevention awareness day. So I, I wanted to share, um, my sort of sort of experiences I've had with suicide and thinking and negative thoughts. Um, I've had things in, in the past when I was younger. The first sort of time uh, was when I'd say I was about 22, 23 years when I was kind of just discovered that what anxiety was. I was I had it really bad, but also I was kind of unsure of what was happening with me. It was it felt like the person who I was and thought I was, it's, I wasn't able to be them. I was like, something's holding me back. And 
it was like a lot of frustration because of it. Um, also at the time I was living at home, I was, I was struggling to get a job. Um, my stepmom and dad like hated the fact that me and my stepbrother like didn't have jobs, still lived at home and they were just, it felt like anything, the smallest of things, leaving like a dish in the sink caused them to go ballistic and uh, just really set them off. So just at the time living at home was a, like a terrible experience as well as going through everything that like I was going through being, you know, crazy anxious all the time, friends calling me up and literally there, there was more than one occasions, friends would pull up in their cars outside mine, ask to like, you know, pick me up or we're going to go somewhere. And I just like couldn't leave my room. I just make up an excuse and say like, yeah, I'm I, sorry, I can't do it. So this was when I didn't really know what anxiety was. Um, but then also while going through that, I had a bit of a health scare. Um, it ended up not being anything serious, but it did involve a lot of going in and out of hospital, uh, getting x-rays, ultrasounds, scanning for stuff. And it was, I didn't tell my family this at the time. So I, I was feeling my absolute worst. And so I don't have a job. I'm living in a place that is just uncomfortable and unbearable. And then I get hit with this health scare and I just feel just, I couldn't have been lower at any point in my life. So I just feel that this was the logical step was suicide was to, that was the end game. That was the, the only outcome that I could feel was possible. Um, and then it was, that was kind of bubbling in my mind for a while. Um, initially I thought it was a weird to kind of even question, think about that. And then the longer it went on, it almost felt more normal that this was a good train of thought to go on. And then it was just after a confrontation with my stepmom, I actually like, I just ran away. Um, card, and I was, uh, just like, I've, I've had enough. I'm, I'm running, like, I just leaving the house. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, and I remember just, there was these woods quite close to my house where we would walk the dog and I just got like a super deep into these like woods. It was like quite like late at night. And I don't know how long I was there. I was just, I was like an absolute state. I was properly crying and everything. Um, just like at this point now, I was like, I can't, I can't go home. Home is not right. I don't have a job. I'm like, I'm more than useless. I don't belong anywhere. And this was when I just, out of the blue, I got a call from my sister. And like me and my sister, we always get on, but we'd, uh, when she sort of moved out, I definitely saw her less and less. And she's obviously heard that like I've run away and stuff's happened. And then she was like, I don't care what's happened. I'll come pick you up. You'll come and stay with me and stuff like that. Um, so I remember her picking me up, taking me to her flat in the city center. Uh, we just sort of hung out. Uh, I think we, we got like a pizza and stuff like that. I ended up just like fully opening up and just talking about everything that was going on. And she totally had my back and she could, it was weird having someone, you know, essentially fight in my corner for me. Cause the whole time it was either my dad and my stepmom and it was always her word against mine. And I couldn't argue against them. It was just, they were always right. And I was always wrong. So my sister was backing me up and she was like properly going on to my dad. And this is when they found out about my health scare and stuff like that. So they were, my dad was crazy upset 
for me hiding that from him. And I was telling him how I was feeling and how I was having the, the super negative thoughts. And this just felt like the outcome for me. But speaking to my sister and getting it out there and then my dad as well, having someone else to talk to about that, it was, that was like a borderline epiphany. It was just at that point when I was at my absolute lowest I couldn't think of a positive outcome. Everything was super negative. And then for, I just assumed I couldn't talk to anyone. No one wants to hear what I has to say. But then when my sister was actually open to it, that was, it was like a way off my shoulders. I could share this. She can point me in the right direction. She could say what you're thinking is very, very negative and absolute extreme. And that's never the answer. But it was that attention that I needed um, that I didn't know of. And I think that comes from, from people having like suicidal thoughts. It is, it is like, like a screaming for attention that they're not getting. And that's why it's so um, important to get out there and talk to someone about something like this, because you get someone to, you know, give you a positive thought back. It's uh, give you something you didn't think about. So that for me was uh, a bit of a, that was mind opening. It was encouraging knowing that someone else was there who, you know, as I keep saying, was fighting my corners, like believing in me and who didn't want me and be upset with those selfish actions, that route that I was taking, which was completely unfounded and overboard. Um, so that was something I kind of just wanted to share, put out there. Um, so I didn't like, so essentially, I think that's kind of what I, I wanted to say. I didn't want to get like too much, take up more time because uh, it is for everyone else. So essentially, this is just going to the room and saying if you've had any similar experiences or have you got any uh, things you can share with that or other feedback. Anybody want to go first? No? Okay, I'll go first. Um, I've had many, many similar problems. Um, by the way, I did miss a little bit of your story because my internet cut Oh, off. God, okay. But um, I, I got back to when you said, when you spoke to your sister. So oh, okay. <laughs> so I think essentially the, the long and short of it was like, yeah, I had uh, very, like... I was like convinced that suicide was the only option that I had and I was kind of pushed mm. in the corner with my family and stuff like that and my current living situation. Um, and then it was my sister who essentially came out of the blue and gave with someone to talk to about it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, well, since no one's coming forward, I'll go first. Um, I have suffered from depression. I th I realized, well, I it wasn't even me that realized, it was actually my mum that realized that I had depression when I was about 16 because I was just, when I wasn't at school, when I was at home, I was just sleeping all day, like the rest of the day. I'd come home from school, I'd go to sleep, I'd wake up, have my supper, go back to mm -hmm. sleep. And that's what I was doing for months. And it was actually, my mum was like, right, I want to go take you to speak to a doctor because I think you're depressed. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, now I'd obviously heard what depression was, but I had no idea 
like, oh, I'd heard of it, but I had no idea what it yeah, was. Yeah, it's important, like, how and it feels I, like I, sort of thing. Yeah, and so I, I had, obviously, I wasn't quite sure what was happening. I know I'd, I'd suffered anxiety all my life. I've always been an anxious person. I've sort of always suffered anxiety. I knew that. But then when she said, like, depression, I was like, okay, I don't, don't get this. So when I spoke to a doctor, I was already at a psychiatrist because I also suffer from, I also have autism and ADHD. Mm. So I discussed with my psychiatrist about this, who then referred me to um, the young people's department at Cornhill. And I was with them for two years until I turned 18. Uh, I had monthly appointments, spoke to them. But that was when I was 16 is when I first got diagnosed with depression. And I've been on and off an antidepressant called sertraline from 16 till now. I am still currently on it. Um, Do you feel that with that made a difference? Did it or did it take a while for it to kick in or have you experienced? tried it, like or whenever you like maybe not used it for a little period does it is it noticeable it is very noticeable it takes about a month to kick in and unfortunately before it kicks in you do start feeling a little bit worse mm -hmm. uh, that's quite that is very common with uh it is very common with any medication mm -hmm. it will make you feel worse before you feel better so but yeah it makes you feel awful for the first month or so in not just your depression, not just your your mood, it can also make you feel sick. And it gives you, one symptom I always discovered is it gives you like shocks. Like, you know, like when somebody walks over your grave and you feel like... No, oh, just like a, a shiver down your spine. Shock. Yeah, it's it's like that just every so often. It just happens and happens and happens. And it's it's a horrible, horrible feeling. Oh, yeah, but... that is a, even when it happens, it's like, one, like once a day or something. But if that's constantly, then yeah, yeah. it's awful. Yeah, so, but... So obviously the medication works, like. But I've noticed, like I said, I've been on and off it. So I'll take it until I feel better, and then I'll feel better, and I'll be like, right, okay, it's time for me mm -hmm. to come off. And after about a month or two, I'm like, oh shit, I need to go back onto it because I can feel myself. And but every time I come off it, I can feel myself getting worse. Yeah, and I've had issues that um most recently though. Within, well, maybe I say recently, in the last maybe about five months is when I felt my depression has been worse because at that time I was having serious problems with my ex. Um, and I could feel we were going quite distant. Uh, obviously, a lot of it being because of lockdown, because of us stuck, not being able to see mm -hmm. each other. Because she actually lived down in Hartlepool next to Newcastle. Okay. So I had to travel back and forth and obviously trains are closed, you can travel, blah, blah, blah. And we were having a difficult time then. And it was then that I realized like my depression kind of took an all time low. And I found myself many a times thinking, should I just run away and disappear? There's many times there's a rope swing in the woods up top from Tarvis and I would look at it, but I was like, would it just be simple and just go, just tie that around my neck and go, mm -hmm. you know, I've had many, many problems with it. But then I also know the thing, the thing that stopped me from doing it was my little brother and sister, they're only nine and 12. 
Yeah, and the thought, the thought of them like, having to deal with that. Deal with that. Uh, I've got a niece. I've got two nieces and a nephew that are one's about to turn two, and the others are like eight, nine months old. I was like, they like. I was like, I won't get to watch them grow. I won't get to have kids of my own. But then I, like one thing that really did put me off though was like, what if I hang myself in the middle of this woods and a kid finds me, mm-hmm. and I've scarred that kid for life? And I was like, I would feel horrible with that. I couldn't do that. Even I, I'd be dead, so I wouldn't know. But you know, it would still like that thought always ran through my mind. Mm-hmm. Even though I did spend hours sometimes just staring at that rope. Um. But that that like I said, that was because of my ex, and actually breaking off with my ex actually made me feel so much better because I didn't have that constant pressure and that weight because she was horrible. She was not good in our relationship, and our relationship actually ended because I found out she cheated on me multiple times from the very first day. Oh my god, that's terrible. Yeah, it definitely sounds like you and- you dodged a bullet and all that. I dodged a bullet there, yeah, and I knew, I knew there was something going on, but she was the very first girlfriend I've ever had. I'd, you know, I'd lost my virginity to her, first girlfriend I ever had, first person I've ever loved. So it was kind of hard. I knew something was going on, but it was kind of hard to break it mm-hmm. off. Yeah, it definitely sounds, especially um, being someone like that. You've had so much sort of connection with. Exactly. And obviously, they they say you'll always remember your first love to always have a place in your heart and blah, blah, blah. And even though I hate her guts right now, like there's still a part of me that really cares to make sure she's okay. Mm, yeah. Even though I don't speak to her. I don't speak to her at all. But she contacted me a little while ago about something that happened, and I actually spoke to her to make sure she was okay because I couldn't leave her alone with this thing because... I didn't want to. I didn't want to let her go through something like this by herself yeah. because her family is not supportive at all. Her family are quite horrible. Especially their dad. That's quite horrible. But she was also someone that went through really bad mental health and I actually got her onto search relief, onto antidepressants. I, the way I did it was not the best way, but I nagged her and nagged her and nagged her and nagged her until she got on it because I knew she was depressed, but she kept denying it. And our family, like I said, our family were not supportive. Our family didn't see it. Our family didn't care. Mm-hmm. And then she broke down to me on the phone one day. And I was like, I've been telling you for months you're depressed. Sell her out. She's like, you need to sort it out. And she's like, yeah, I know. And I know. And literally the next day she was at the doctor's antidepressants. She's been on them ever since, I believe. Like I said, it's been about a month since I last spoke to her. Um. But also, I have a younger brother who also has been going through, going through depression. He had psychosis, which is obviously your most severe form of depression. Mm-hmm. He has actually tried tried to kill himself many times. That's awful. He is also like, I have I have self harmed as well. It's a casual thing you get with depression, but I didn't self harm in a way that most people do, which is cutting yourself. But I had a habit of punching things until I couldn't feel my hands anymore. Mm-hmm. That was my form of self-harm. Uh, my brother cut himself. He cut up his arms, his legs, and stuff like that. 
he's I hope he's okay with me talking about this. He's usually quite open about it. So, but he did. He has attempted suicide seven times, each time through overdosing. And his body of his obviously his body just didn't let him. He's still alive to this day. He's doing a lot better. He's got a fiance and a baby daughter, one of my nieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's amazing. He's, and, he's coming through it and sounds much better off because of yeah. it. Yeah. But it was it was my uncle that really helped him out because one day, New Year's Eve three years ago, or New Year three years ago technically, um what's it the first of january his ex actually brought him home in a taxi from bankery okay now from bankery to tarvis you know the taxi prices in Aberdeen. <laughs> yeah. it was about 250 quid or something yeah, that's insane. to get him home and obviously bankery is what up highland area so that's a good 50 mm-hmm. mile or something you know there's at least and 45 to an hour taxi. drive sort of thing. Exactly. And so she actually paid to get him home in a taxi because his drink had been spiked. So he got home, but obviously having suffered depression and his drink being spiked, and he actually participated in a lot of drugs as well, especially weed, which even though people, there's a huge notion that weed doesn't have an effect on you, weed is really quite bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... if you smoke at the amount that he did, it is really bad. And he came home that night, uh, like absolutely out of his face. And we later found out that apparently he'd been spiked, and people had laid into him, like started kicking the shit out of him, and he had no idea. Obviously, because he was spiked, he was out cold. Because he wo- he got up, he kind of got up the next day, and he's like, "I feel so groggy." He was in absolute agony. He couldn't walk. His life was so bad, but we didn't find out till months later that he'd actually got the shit kicked out of him. Because obviously he had yeah. no idea. And his ex had no idea. She found him on the ground, passed out. It wasn't until a boy came forward and said, Did do you know what happened that night? And my brother's like, No. He's like, Well, these people these people spiked your drink and beat the shit out of you. And he's like, Oh. Okay. Good yeah, to know. For that, but by this point, my brother was already on the on the mend or he was off drugs by this point he was getting into recovery you know getting back to how he was like to my brother to what he was that he was like you know what i don't care anymore but it was because of that night and what happened that night is he had a huge mental breakdown huge mental breakdown and he actually tried to stab my stepdad jesus Wild. So my mum actually had to call the police on him. And it was it was when he realised the fear in my brother and sister's eyes of him. Like they couldn't go near him because they were terrified of him because they'd seen it. Yeah, first hand. And my sister my, my my sister exactly my so my brother was ten and my sister was no, my brother would be about eight, nine, and my sister was about six. Six, seven. So, you know, they were young and they saw this and like my little brother and my sister is everything to my, my other brother. And when he saw the fear in her eyes, he was like, shit. And my uncle was like, right, we need to get you help because my uncle at my brother's age had done drugs, 
came off of drugs because his best mate killed himself. His best mate, his best mate had hung himself. Mm-hmm. So he obviously had committed suicide. So my uncle knew what that was like. So my uncle helped. So my uncle was on drugs. My uncle was depressed as well. He came off drugs and went to alcohol. But when my uncle like, came off alcohol, like came sober completely, he'd been sober for a good couple of years by this point. And he was like, right, when I got sober, it helped me a hell of a lot more. So we need to get you sober. My brother doesn't, my brother still drinks every now and again. And but not even that much, and but now he's off drugs. He's been off. He's been clean for, well, basically about two or three years now. Uh, but that is kind of what happened, and obviously seeing him go through that, obviously didn't help with my depression, my anxiety, but I was more focused on helping him than I was on myself. So I didn't realize that. I was getting so bad as well. Yeah, it was just your. He was uh, focused on trying to help him out. You were kind of just neglecting yourself. Yeah, but it also didn't help that, like, um, we all know that sometimes we all need a bit of love and attention and as, as someone to speak to. Mm-hmm. Because my brother was so bad that my family were focusing a lot on him. That when I did need that attention, when I did need that someone to speak to, they weren't around. And that's not against them because my brother was at a completely different end to what I was. I was in the middle, he was near the end, you mm-hmm. know. But when I did need that little bit of support, they were too busy to focus on helping him. So a lot of the time I didn't have someone I could rely on. Uh, so a lot of time I kept it to myself. Yeah, which is like the worst thing to do. Because it doesn't when when you yes. do that it it doesn't get any better it it's no, it just exactly. gets worse over time. Exactly, and that's kind of why I'm like, of all the bad things that my ex was when I met her, she was someone that would actually listen to me when I needed her to. And if Avengers in the chat, she is someone that I can always rely on when I need her. Mm-hmm. Like, even if she's busy working, if I say to her, babe, can I talk to you about this, blah, 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 she will basically stop working and come text me. She won't phone me, obviously, because she's obviously still in office hours and all that. She'll text me. Yeah, it's still, like, awesome. Yeah, and she'll still keep in contact, and she's still, even, I mean, today we've had our little bits of ups and downs. We've had our first disagreement in our whole month of our relationship. (laughs) Our very first. Um... That's it's natural. It's it's bound to happen. It's natural, yeah. But I tell you what, though, this is a month and we've had our one disagreement. When I was with my ex, day one we argued, day two we argued, day three we argued every day, and we were together in nine months. Yeah. It's... So if we've had one argument in the one month we've been together, worth it. <laughs> You'll take it. It's totally worth it. Yeah. Oh, she's 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 worth it anyway. I'm not gonna. She's totally worth it. But good to hear. Shout out to Avenged. <laughs> but I think that's basically my story. Okay, no, like the only, the only other point is it's like my family, my entire family, all suffer from depression. We're all of us are on antidepressants or anti-anxiety pills. Oh, sorry, there was one other point I wanted to make. Yeah, no um, problem. 
So it's because, like I mentioned earlier, I suffer from autism and ADHD. And mm-hmm. um, with ADHD and both autism, a lot of time comes anxiety. So, but I've been diagnosed with anxiety as well anxiety on top of my ADHD and my autism. Mm-hmm. So I, my anxiety can go from nothing to like a billion within a second flat. Oh, that's awful. Which is quite which I have suffered from before. I can, I've been in the centre of town and been perfectly fine and all of a sudden I'm having a panic attack for nothing. Or because someone's asked me, excuse me, and I panic. Let's say it's like so little stupid it's things trigger, that, yeah. and then suddenly it's just gone boom. Like you, it's, you don't know why it happens. But I've just, you know, stupid things. But then on top of that, I, again, with autism and ADHD comes paranoia. So there are slight moments where I do suffer a little bit of paranoia. Um, and with, obviously, the thing that happened with my ex in my last relationship, her cheating on me and blah, 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 it's not helped it. Yeah, I can't, can't blame unfortunately, anyone on that one. Again, you know, but unfortunately, again, there's been a couple of paranoid moments with Avenged where I know nothing's happened. I know she's not doing anything. She can look, she's look, been texting me and I'll be like, right, what are you doing? And you just jump to a conclusion. Obviously sort of it's, thing. Yeah, it's something I am working on. It's something I'm really trying hard to get over. But it's something that's very, very difficult, especially having it being built in with both autism and ADHD. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's, I always say like, like that's the first step, recognizing it, that it's a problem because then you can work towards yeah. it. So it sounds yeah. like you're doing everything right. It's like, you can't just, it's not just a switch you can flick off straight away. It just, that's the best thing you can do to work no. towards it. I think that kind of goes with all yeah. mental health stuff. That's the first issue, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, finding it uh, and knowing you know, kind of understanding that way, because then that gives you something to work towards. Yeah, and I I really try hard not to use my, like, because people, you know, a lot of people say, you know, oh, you're autistic, you're ADHD, you're depressed, you're anxious, you know, you're just using that as an excuse, blah, 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 uh, which is a huge stigma for all of that. Like, we need to realize that these are actual conditions. I mean, well, if we've, we've all suffered from anxiety, we all know it can cause cause actual physical pain mm-hmm. so you can be so anxious at some point that you've got sore stomachs that your legs hurt that your head hurts you know it can cause actual physical pain so i try not to use my autism my adhd because obviously with both of them comes a lack of understanding so a lot of stuff i don't understand with depression and anxiety it comes a lot of you know i don't want to i can't be bothered blah 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 you know, I try not use them as an ex- what I say as an excuse, and I try and even though it it's killing me inside, I try push on with it and I try do it no matter what it is, because that's the only way that you can get past this is just try and try. Yeah, exactly. It's just um, um it's just something. This is one way of uh, dealing with it and kind of. Getting, yeah. getting through it and as you say not using yeah. it as an excuse um but i think at the same time yeah. it's some, um, sometimes you have to like it will it will cause an issue and you kind of have to just say look this is oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it won't always not be the case sort of thing it will be there but i think if you're 
able to point it out for others and make them aware of it. Um, I think that's just the best thing to do. It's I think if you keep it to yourself, otherwise, um, then oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. can just lead to more issues further down the line. Yeah, one I I would like to this this be my final final closing. Quote, <laughs> yeah, sure, no problem. Is um, is I kind of I try to live my life by a lyric from um a day to remember song. I'm already gone, mm-hmm. and it's it reads with everything that pushes me, that with everything that pushes me back. Uh, no, with everything that sets me back, I push back harder to clear the way, and that's kind of how I try to live my life. So if I take one step back, I'll take two to three steps forward, mm-hmm. or at least I'll try. Yeah, it's a, it's a good mindset to have. It's because uh, yeah. everyone gets pushed back at some point or the other, and you always got to sort of, you know, step forward again. Exactly. So, who, who Tiff, you haven't said anything, is there? Well, what, what do you uh, bring up, discuss, or um, anything along those lines? I feel like proposing myself. Read on made me cry. Oh, that's a yeah. Well, I'm sorry, sorry, Tiff. I'm sorry, Tiff. Yeah. Or Yeti, it's like if you if you want to uh, jump in and if you are if you got any feedback for anything me or Read on said or or for if you've got something so, that you want to say, then yeah, go for it. So I'll I'll just give a bit of feedback because um, I've I've been taking a couple of notes here. Like obviously, none of us are um, trained professionals here. None of us are gonna have all of the answers to. Oh everything. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But one uh-huh. one thing you said, uh, Reese boy, was that your sister reached out to you, and and that's a fantastic thing to have. Someone who has taken that step and come to you to help, because so often the the first step is speaking to someone about it. And if people don't recognize that you need to speak to someone about it, then you have to try and take that step on your own. Mm-hmm. And that could be so difficult. One of, one of the main things I struggle with is I am fantastic at bottling things up. Yeah. I could, I could uh, open a bar with the amount of bottles I have in my closet um so like having some sort of a support network is so useful and i i appreciate that not everyone is going to have access to that and all i can suggest for those that don't have access to that kind of thing is that there are services out there if you're in the uk such as samaritans um i mean they're not perfect but they it's are to talk to. available. It, it is something. Hours, so yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. Um, like I, I moved from, so I, I grew up in Manchester. I went to university in London and then I moved to Belfast uh, after my, uh, my, at the time girlfriend, uh, now my wife. And I've been living here since 2013. Um in that whole time 
I've probably made like real friends, probably about five or six. Mm-hmm. And of those five or six people, if I wanted to like talk real stuff, like feelings, there's maybe one person mm-hmm. that I could go to from that group. Ah, and that's a push, is it? Yeah, it's it's that um, it's that having that support network and like when you probably know yourselves like when you if you've ever moved or if you like went to university and then like if you went to university somewhere that wasn't your hometown um like my my university friends i don't speak to any of them Mm -hmm. anymore um my my friends from school i text occasionally i'm like i am bad at I'm bad at keeping in touch, I know that, but also I would say that my, my friends from school are also bad. I, I think that's a guy thing as well. I'd, I'd jump I'm in and say life. that I've got a, a group chat with all my sort of close friends and that could go like almost like a week or two and no one says anything and it's got like nine people in there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like, I, I'm just glad that you are lucky that your sister took that first step for you and recognize that even though you weren't speaking to her that much that often that something had happened and you needed that um help that night yeah that she came and spoke to you um like to me yeah like a lot of my problems stem from not talking about them um i know that it is uh like a bad idea but i have a like fear of doctors i i hate going to the doctor it makes me anxious to do so um and like to the concept of talking to my doctor about anything like what's going on in my head is the worst thing that i could imagine so i haven't yeah. done it and I know that I should. I know that by doing it, it would help. And I know that um, if there's a medication that they think would help me, that I should try it. But it, it's it's taking that initial step that um, yeah, it's... I I haven't yet been able to get over. No, it's like I totally agree yeah. where you come from. I was I'm, I know I'm I'm very very fortunate that my sister did call at, at that time, um, because I know talking it's getting it out there. Because as I said, I've got like a group of like close to like eight or nine friends and I should be able to open up to them about anything. But like in the initial knee jerk reaction was I can't talk to anyone about this. Yeah. Yeah. Like because you in your head, you build it up as if no one would no one would be able to understand this. No one else feels the, the same way. Mm-hmm. But what you don't realize is that a lot of people have been through something similar. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. And and so it might not be the exact same thing, but they can still apply bits of it to what you're going through, and they might be able to really help. Yeah, yeah. It's um, like, well, that's the thing. If you, I always say, if you don't ask the question, you'll never get the answer. So if I was to open this yeah. up to my group of mates, there could be about you know, maybe three or four of them says, you know, well, I've had something similar 
I spoke to my brother yeah. or my dad and or my my cousin went through something and it can you can get some form of feedback but if you don't then it, as you say it just bottles up and uh, is I don't say like the worst thing to do but you're not doing yourself any favors by doing that yeah no like um not even just like with regards to like what I'm going through like I I have a habit of bottling feelings up no matter what it is like my wife will always say um if we ever get into an argument that I'll have been bottling something up and then release it like I could have been getting annoyed at very small things for like a year or something (laughs) and then we have a we have a big fight and it all comes out at that one time and I know that I need to not do that because it's not fair to her I should be discussing those things at the time so I, I can see the comparison where if I was speaking about my um, my mental health on a regular basis with someone that potentially the small things go away and it's just then the bigger things that I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's this fantastic uh, artist, uh, Luke Westaway. Um, he is also a YouTuber with Outside uh, Extra. Um, he has he has a whole album, um, basically talking about uh, his mental health. And one of the songs on his album is called "Don't Wait Until 2016 to Try Therapy," and it, it's all about how he's been dealing with this stuff for a very long time, and it took him so long to eventually get to the point where he actually did something about it and he's trying to express to the listeners that look you shouldn't wait you should just try and do it and even though that's one of my favorite songs of the last like uh couple of years i'm still waiting because i i can't quite get over that uh stumbling block uh-huh. um yeah um the other thing i i noticed when uh reese uh Redon was uh speaking uh you said that with your anxiety it can be uh stupid little things and like i just want to say look they're they're not stupid they're they're potentially small triggers but we're we're talking mental illness here it it's an illness we are suffering from an illness and it it a lot of people use the kind of phrases like uh, oh that's mental that's insane uh use words like that and they don't think about what it can mean to someone like if you think about the the kind of stigma that could have for some people we should all be more careful with that and like i'm not i'm not calling you out for saying stupid but what i'm trying to say is they're not stupid they're they just happen to be your triggers and yeah like just because it's small doesn't mean that it's not a big deal to you. And like, don't beat yourself up for having a trigger that some people would be like, oh, really? That sets you off? Because if it sets you off, that's the main thing. Like, I would just, I would just say, like, it's, it's just something that you haven't quite 
got a handle on yet maybe like you're still working we're we're all still working to be to get ourselves to be better it's it's something completely out of your control it's not like your choice for it it's just this this is what is this thing has created this reaction and this is the outcome of it it's not that whatever that trigger was is as a whole a, a bad thing or bad overall it's just this is what's happened and this is the outcome of it it's not yeah it's, it, yeah it, it's not your fault that's what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. um as as for like um what kind of like led to me um getting into a, like i just call it a bad way these days um like kind of like read on i i was in a bad relationship um i i was kind of it's it's actually taken me until this year to realize that it was kind of kind of an abusive relationship um the ex-girlfriend in question um was very good at subtly kind of putting me down making me dependent and lowering my self-worth and that that can take a long time to deal with and to get out from under um i i got super lucky i didn't have to um be the one to to break up the relationship uh such as redon did um i so I've never been a fan of school or um, like the British education system at all. It's never suited me. It's terrible. Um, I didn't get my first choice university, so I had to go for my backup, and that was in London. Uh, My girlfriend at the time was also going to be going to London. I had kind of been looking forward to going to Birmingham. Um, My sister was there. I thought, that's great. I can have a better relationship with my sister. And I can get a, a little bit of independence from uh, my girlfriend and from my parents. Um, then had to go to London. And so I was thinking, okay, right, I'll make the best of this. Um, it'll be good. London's a great city. Um, the first day of Freshers' Week, uh, my girlfriend dumped me. Oh. Yeah, I I drank a lot that week. I I I went hard. That's what you do in freshers um, anyway. But you're I suppose you're a top fresher that yeah. week. Well, like I went as hard as possible, and like so, I went to a small college, part of the University of London. Um, no, like I had no concept of real life, basically. Um. I, I got to London and I assumed the tubes were 24 hours. <laughs> um, and so ev- everyone else at Freshers' Week, they were all staying in the halls of the uni. But because I had, uh, it was my backup uni, I had to get external halls that were across the city. Mm-hmm. So I ended up getting stuck on one side of the city, having to try and get home um, and couldn't manage it because it was that trunk. So one of the like, uh student like 
second year students who were there to like look after the freshers actually had to take me home and put them put me to sleep on their sofa Jeez. um yeah like okay. it, it wasn't great and then like so i had like i ended up having fun the rest of that freshers week because like i was like well screw it i'm here now i'm gonna just try and make the most of it and that was that was great but then what happened after that was that my ex saw that I was having fun and decided to come knocking at uh, my halls and try and get me back under her thumb and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And obviously that sent me down a bad path. Um, and like, because I was in external halls, um, they like my, the, the floor that I was on, um there was no one else there because these were like backup halls for people and so i was living in a six bedroom flat on my own oh my god for about about nine months of that year so i i had no one who wasn't across the Uh city and like i'd only just met some of these people so you're probably Um, isolated yeah just yeah having no support network was pretty bad because all my other friends were off having the crack at their like freshers week at their unis um and like i as i said i've never been a fan of kind of um the like uk schooling Mm -hmm. system and so like i I actually ended up dropping out of university and then that kind of didn't help with the lowering of my self-esteem again because i just kind of felt i'm not good enough to do anything uh no that sounds very similar to me i did uh two years of uni and uh, dropped out yeah so like i i've had real lows where i have sat alone crying holding a knife and just thinking mm-hmm. it's uh i i don't know i don't know what it is that stopped me from doing anything but i'm still here i have a fantastic wife um we're married six years now i am in a much much better scenario and i haven't thought about that kind of stuff in a long time but i still have bad lows mm-hmm. i think i still have days where i can't get out of bed but yeah like we're all just doing the best we can these days i guess yeah exactly i think that's the the big sort of takeaway from that is you've had thoughts very like you know self self-harm suicidal thoughts there um but you've still you know gone past it you've gotten better because of it it's at that yeah. point, you'd probably consider that your lowest and things can get better. So I think that's the sort of takeaway yeah. to show that in that moment, correct, you you probably don't feel any worse. You, you think, what's the next step? Is this the next? It, it's almost a logical next step to be like, this is what's to do. But it, that is when you're in that mindset, you cannot see any positive. It's like you, there is no way when you were thinking in your uh, isolated room by yourself, thinking, oh, in seven years' time, I'll meet 
and get married with someone like that wasn't which is a possibility but you never even think that was a possibility at that moment yeah and what like strikes me just from the conversations we've had tonight is that like i i feel stupid in a way because um you and Redon have had kind of like scenarios that have uh, triggered something that has led to a very bad low. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like my reasons for being low are not like good enough. Well, I, I, if, if you I get what I mean. See where you're coming from. I feel like I have to stop you right there. And it's like when it comes to yeah. comparing lows or it's yeah that is it's completely not a futile it's 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 like it's yeah, trying to um, compare a feeling it's like saying oh this makes me happier yeah. than you it's you you can't do that um yeah and it, it's something that i need to like deal with myself again that like i'm feeling like i don't deserve to be put in the same boat as you guys because i haven't been through quite the same sort of thing and that's not right everyone is entitled to their feelings and everyone's experiences are their own mm-hmm. and like so again that is something i need to but no i i i, I do on. really appreciate you saying that even though it's like you knew yourself it was like the outcome of you kind of saying that is you know bad and kind of futile but the fact that you have come out and said it, saying this is what I have actually thought, which is a very common thought, and yeah. say it's almost there for anyone who's having negative thoughts like that. They who are afraid to talk out, it's or oh, it's it's no one would understand, or I can't talk to people about this. It's like this is the essentially yeah. the whole point of mind you and being open and talking about it. It's when you be saying that, it's like you're worried. It's like oh, I don't want to say. I've heard what these people have gone through. I don't want to say what I've gone through because theirs is worse. And it's like that that's that's not it. It's yeah. like, it's what it's what it's like even in this, you and the in this safe space that you've created. Mm-hmm. Like even in, in such a such a nice, safe environment, those those thoughts still creep yeah. in and they still kinda eat away at you a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like outside looking in, it's so much easier to say. It's like, oh, no, don't be like that. But it's when you're feeling it and like that's what you honestly, you know, you're convinced is the case. It's uh, it's difficult to kind of listen. It, it, well, I think it's one of those things. It's, it's like trying to tell someone to do something the way you do it or try and convince them uh, of something that you like. A lot of times people don't like to be told what to do. So it's trying when it's you've got this mindset that you're locked in on and that you think is correct. There's no other way. And then for someone else to say, hang on a sec, that what you're thinking is incorrect. And it's, you know, it's not, it's neither wrong or right, but to you it's right. But to everyone else, it's, you know, there's flaws there, so to speak. And it's kind of difficult to take your mind uh, away from seeing it the way you see it and seeing it from someone else or uh, just another point of view. Yeah. Part of me wants to know is, would it be rude if I asked what made you cry from listening to what uh, Redon was saying? 
just like everything and like him talking about his his niece his his relatives i don't know i'm just emotional oh no it's like that's what i was saying don't don't apologize for I, I was just you know curious to what was sort of triggering you getting like upset um it could it could be anything from what like anyone said really um so i was just you know putting that out there so i, I suppose you said you wanted the question so the question would be, have you ever had a similar sort of experience or thing that any of us have sort of said today? Um, I've talked to you about this before in chat about living with my dad and stepmom. Mm -hmm. I was probably like a period of time that was one of where my mental health was at its lowest. <clears throat> It was, I was just not, not, not a good, not in a good headspace on all accounts. Um, I, I was also, I started doing like online therapy mm -hmm. because, you know, in-person therapy, it was just like, I can't doctors making appointments. It's just, I don't want to see someone face to face. It was just the easiest thing for me. Um, but talking with the therapist, I started taking antidepressants again. Um, the first time I started taking antidepressants was in high school, and I was on it for about a year. And by the time that my prescription had run out, I kind of like didn't care about taking it anymore, and I was also afraid to go back to the doctor. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was these past few years um, dealing with the aftermath of a bad relationship starting a new job and essentially like a new life not having any friends being in this like terrible emotional heartbroken space living with my my dad and my stepmom um my therapist encouraged me to reach out to my brother which i did and it's and that's where i'm living now and i'm in a much happier happier Is place he older or younger or He's older, and he, he has um a daughter, my niece. Oh, okay. So how long have you been uh, living <clears throat> with him? About a year now. But yeah, I started opening up to my brother and my, my mom about all this stuff going on with my dad, because, you know, um, well, my mom and dad are divorced, so there's issues there. So she, she wants to know what's happening on the other side. Mm-hmm. And they were super supportive. Um, I think therapy was the main thing that was like super helpful. Like taking the medicine and all that, it it helps, but also it's like it's not a cure all end all. There's still a lot that I'm dealing with, like physically, emotionally. I'm not doing the therapy anymore because I can't afford mm -hmm. it. Um. So lately I have been like kind of getting lower and lower and lower, like feeling the sad and lonely as, as some of you may know. Yeah, that's one way to put it. <laughs> um, openly, openly thirsty, <laughs> single female. <laughs> yeah, we, we, get, we get it, Tiff, okay? Okay, so next point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Yeah, it was when I started my my last job. I was kind of 
cut off from all of my previous friends because of my relationship with my ex. Um, so it was just like the loneliest, saddest part of my so, life. And like at that, I was just gonna say how. Go why was it with him, your ex? You were separated from your friends. Was it just you're in a different city, or did they not get on, or? Um, just the nature of the relationship. It was we I, we were like not allowed to talk about it because we worked together. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah. So it was. So I kind of like, yeah, I wasn't able to like. I felt like I couldn't talk to my friends there. So that yeah, that seems like that's like a whole adds a whole other sort of, you know issues in itself it's like you've got this relationship and you mm -hmm. can't even sort of share it so it's like it feels like you're hiding yourself from your friends who you should be most open with right yeah and like at, when i started this new job like i was so depressed that i like i didn't want my new co-workers to to really like know who i was or what i was going through so i like didn't really make friends and like the job itself was really stressful and I it was a long commute also so it was like the majority of my day the majority of my life was just being in this super stressful um lonely situation mm -hmm. yeah I can see if it's if you know the big chunk of your day is because even just like commuting and coming back from work is almost a part of work in itself. It's like you're hyping yourself up for however long the commute is for work. Um, it's mm -hmm. not like it's a part of your day where you get to, you're able to relax or do what you want. So if it is like a, a long commute, like there and back, and then you've got less free time to do what you want and uh, enjoy things. Yeah, so it was kind of a big relief getting laid off at the start of quarantine um even though being unemployed mm -hmm. sucks 100 percent agree you know this whole this whole 2020 has been a big big change i feel like i'm happier in a way but also still dealing with the same like sad and lonely feelings so would you say that's the work currently with you? Would that be the worst sort of sort of feelings just now? Is just being just? Do you feel low because you're lonely, or is it just is that just part of it? It's that, and also, yeah, it's that, and also just the general uncertainness. Like when I was at my last job, I started taking classes for animation because I just I wanted to get out of there so bad. Like I, I had to think of something else mm -hmm. to do. And now, <clears throat> like, there was a point where I, I wasn't sure if I want to continue taking classes because of how much it costs. And I've failed two classes already and had to retake them. So it's like, why am I, sh should I even be doing this? Like, am I even good at this? I don't know. So, yeah, it sounds like a lot of self-doubt in, in that. But do you think that's because... I? Are you not enjoying it? Is your heart not in it? Or do you think your mind's in just another place just now to, you know, pick up a skill or along those lines? Yeah, um, before 
the whole pandemic started, I was super into it. Like, I definitely think I want to keep pursuing it, uh, despite, you know, having all that self-doubt. Given that, like, being on Twitch and everything and seeing everyone, like, I don't know, doing, making content making content and doing what makes them happy like i don't know if what i'm doing now or what i what i'm trying to do is going to make me happy so but i think do you feel that it's um depression could have a, a part to play in that because when i was like depressed and actually diagnosed with depression it was very much like nothing made me happy as in like I'm pretty sure anyone who's like spoke with me five minutes know I'm fucking goes batshit like crazy for anything PlayStation, and at this time when I was at my worst, I the thought of even like turning on a game was like a chore, and even when I did, I was like with after ten minutes, I was like I'm this isn't for me, and I I, I, I like it wasn't too long ago I was questioning whether I even like games anymore. So do you do you feel yeah. that that could be a part of it? Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, I have these commissions for you and Ambelina, and like, I've been sitting on it. And most days, I just like don't even want to get out of bed. Oh, that's yeah. That definitely sounds like there's a bit of sort of depression involved there, um, which is it's horrible to hear. Um, but would you would you agree that that's probably the case, or do you think there's maybe something else? involved or at play with that one i think it's definitely the depression so i think if we like you know that that's maybe an issue is there what other steps are you doing anything to kind of combat this or to try and uh alleviate this or is it because he says you are doing online stuff for and uh that's expensive so you don't do that anymore um well i'm still planning on continuing it <clears throat> like i'm still trying so what is like is that still the uh was it online um therapy so is it just like a webcam sort of thing Oh, um, I'm not doing that anymore. It was mostly just texting. Oh, okay. So, well, but it's still in contact with the therapist. <clears throat> right. Okay. No, it's just, I, did, I didn't know that was a thing or you, that was an, an option to do. But at least, you know, if you still sort of got that, that's absolutely better than nothing. It's an actual professional who is able to help you in that sort of way. So do you feel that you're at least on track going the right direction with that? Um, with, with therapy? Well, just like if you're getting sort of, you feel like there's any like, you know, positive progress and you're, you're getting better or do you feel it, it's that's stalled or? Yeah, I think I'm at that like point where I just feel stuck and I don't know how to help myself. Yeah, that's uh, it's an absolutely 
horrible feeling with that. But um, another thing I can say is like, well, you're definitely you can get unstuck. It's you're not going to be in this mindset forever. And as you've heard from our stories and things that we've said, um, being at some low points, maybe it's the lowest or just, you know, something that's happened that we thought you couldn't get any worse or we can even, we couldn't see it getting out of it, but you have gotten it out of it. Um, do you kind of feel that just right now that like, that is just, you're at just a very low point and you're struggling to sort of see the light at the end of the tunnel sort of thing? Yes and no. I mean, as as low as I get, um, I'm still pretty hopeful that things will get better. Like, I don't think I've ever felt... I've definitely thought about, like, suicide and death, like, in its concept, but I've never felt the urge or the want to actually mm -hmm. do it. Like, I've definitely felt, like, just wanting whatever emotional pain to end. And just, I don't know what to do yeah, about how, it. How to get rid of this emotional pain, like, be this, get out of this position that you're in just now, essentially. But you don't want to, uh, yeah. you know, physically harm yourself in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. I, I think that's in itself that you know that that is not the correct course of action. So, and the, as you said, you said, you do see that you have belief that will go away. But um, I think it's just this period of life. Life's always a bunch of, you know, crests and troughs. And right now it sounds like you are a bit of a trough just now. And um, I 100% like, I, I believe that you'll get out of it. Everyone gets out of it. It's, that's just the, the course of life. It, go, it does go up and it does go down. Um, but you're not, and that's the thing. It doesn't stay at the top forever. It doesn't stay at the bottom forever. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's pretty heartbreaking hearing you like properly upset about this when it feels that like well Luke he's like you you're affiliate on Twitch you've got uh, your own your Tiff Stars you've got your uh, Discord you're part of the Carl Collective there's like all these people who are backing you and only support you and you know it's you're not alone in this at all and if, as I said there's so you have so much support for you. <clears throat> yeah. So it's just like you should see that in like as a massive uh positive that you've got the your own audience um growing and uh like I think you should definitely focus on the positive that that you've done because as someone who started Twitch, I don't know how long ago when you started Twitch, but surely when you when you were streaming, did you have were you ever streaming to just like one or zero people for a couple of hours? Oh yeah, definitely at the start. Yeah, that's the fucking pits. Like I had fucking weeks of that. And it was during that time when you're, I was thinking like, what the fuck am I doing? It's like, no one's watching, no one cares. I'm, I'm not doing anything. One, one of my friends who came in for 20 minutes at the start of, of like the first day gave donated 10 pounds and that's i've been sitting on this 10 pounds for like two months or whatever that's oh that's just part of me was like what the fuck am i doing it's but you if you you stick with it 
and you stuck with it. You you did that, and you got up to affiliate. You're getting subs and all that. You got you got your own. You got two emotes, and you know you should never like compare yourself to others. Like focus, do on what you're doing, which is just like one step at a time. And you're taking those steps. And you're getting up there. So I definitely should you should see the positive that you've done already, and kind of just I you should see and imagine it's so what. Ha- like in another two months' times, like where where would you be? And you'd be well, you'll definitely you wouldn't be where you are now. You'll only be up. You're not gonna go. You know you can't backslide. You can't get worse. You only get better. Mm. Do you not agree? I always agree with you. Yeah, but you just agree to shut me up. <laughs> One thing to bear in mind, Tiff, is that everyone is having a bad year. So you're you're not you're not even in this low on your own. Like if if this stream has shown me anything, it's that this community, um, whether you've come from kind of funny kind of funny stuff or if you just found Reese's stream like tonight or anything like that it's that there is a good community that is willing to listen willing to chat and just to be there for people who need it because like this this is the first time i've spoken about this stuff in to anyone in a long time and all all i can say is that like the no one in the chat has made fun of me no one in the chat has said anything negative to me and all it has made me think is maybe talking is easier than i thought it was so like if there's something that we can do to help you feel better whether that's just like hanging out in your Twitch stream, chatting to you on Discord, or anything like that, it it shows that people are there, people are willing. Like, I think this is the first time that I've spoken to you myself. And, like, I I have a lot of free time. I, I spend my free time gaming mostly, but I have no issue with anyone who needs it chatting to me on stream, uh, on Twitch, chatting to me on Discord, anything like that. And that goes for everyone in the stream tonight. It goes for you. And, like, I said earlier, not everyone has, any, like, the answers. I don't have all the answers. But I can still just chat. Yeah, ex- exactly. Like backing off of like everything. Yeah, you said it's just nailed it. It's that point of the 2020. It's like I completely forgot about that. So thanks for bringing that up. It's like, yeah, that's it's, 2020. Everyone's having a bad 2020. No one's having a great 2020. It's it's everyone is all in the same boats as well. I, you know, I don't have a job. Uh, I, heaps of other folk don't have jobs and are struggling to get jobs. It's, you know, you're definitely not the only one there. So don't like single yourself out that 
or look down on yourself and feel bad about yourself because that's the situation you're in. It's like heaps, hundreds, fucking thousands of people are in that same situation through no fault of their own. And then jumping on the fact as well that he like I was like I was literally jumping for joy when he was just like yeah was, when he said it's just like opening up and talking, it's how helpful it is. So that like that's exactly the whole point of mind you having this. Uh, that's well, it's kind of the whole point of my chat, uh, my my Twitch. But I feel with this, it's like more condensed, more intimate, able to you know a back and forth straight away. So this is the time to, you know, properly get into the details and open up about what you want and scary things, not scary things, just everything, the whole gambit's available to talk about. And as I've I've said countless of times, my audience, well, I think it's like anyone who's jumped into my chat or anyone even like remotely who's, you know, a chat or like a Twitcher who knows who's passed along or just, you know, that little family tree we got going on it's like everyone it's been like ridiculously fortunate to be unreal sound and genuine and uh you know you know just an all-round genuine nice person it's like i don't think we've got any like really bad eggs as yeah he said as well no one said anything bad that's why i was i was convinced maybe there might be a cheeky comment here or there and i didn't want people to see it just in case that it, sure, it could have been in jest, but it could easily, as he also said before, it was just a small thing. Could, you know, someone else could take that in such a, a different way, especially when it's regarding mental health and how difficult it is to open up about something like this. Still, just try to breathe. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's absolutely. <laughs> fine it's what, what you're going through what you're feeling what you're doing it's like no one's looking down at you at all or, or thinking of you negatively it's just the thing is all of us are, are here especially us three now are uh you know here for you to you know you can say whatever you want and we're gonna you know try our best to you know see if we can help in any way shape or form as we also said like we're not like psychologists or we're definitely not professionals but even just talking about small things, um, we can, you know, assist with that or someone could, you know, give you a, uh, you know, their experience, their take on it to try and make you feel better. Because you're definitely, whatever you're going through, someone's going through something similar and come out better from the other side. You're definitely not alone in this. I would say that um, even when you are having a low, if you are feeling alone, you don't have to feel alone. Like, you, like there's nearly always one of this community, like someone in this community is online on Twitch yeah. at any time because it's such a wide community that it spans so many different time zones. Um, so like there's always someone to just jump on and start chatting to yeah uh, well no, on you go read on. recently thank you uh recently me and tiff because of the whole joke that me and avenger are mum and dad 
I've been talking a lot more, getting to know each other better, and I've tried, tried obviously helping her, you know, find 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 a partner, find a boyfriend, and just talking to her as much as I can to make sure she's okay, because obviously, having spoken to her more, she has opened up to me little bits and I've realized that she is struggling. Mm. So but like I said, I try to I I I, th- I think we text each other what every day. Yeah. Yeah. And just try to make sure that she's okay. And she makes sure I'm okay. She makes sure Avenge is okay. You know, it's just like yeah, he says we've got a community that does stick together, and there's always someone that you could message that you could speak to. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm just looking down the list of people that are online on Discord right now, and I noticed Joe Joe Medforce. Even he he's put out a tweet that even he wants to do a podcast based on mental health as well. He put that out earlier, so he, I I know that he is someone that we could always talk to mm-hmm. as well. And obviously, Avenge, you, me, Yeti, and of course, we've always got Tiff. Um, I know Ambelina would never say no to speaking to us. I know Alice would never say no. I mean, FNH Paul, I know he'd never say no. Um, A lot of the time, when I feel down, I go to my friend Rockrain. I'm not sure if you guys know Rockrain or Lola. Is that that your your mod in your channel? Yeah, one of my mods, yeah. She's... I've known her for maybe just over the year. She's one of my best friends. And I go to her a lot when I'm having issues. Like, obviously, before I met Avenged, after I saw my ex, before I met Avenged, it was always at Rock Crane to help me go get through stuff. Mm-hmm. I think, but that's, I think that's like the, the crux, crux of it right there is just opening up about anything, big or small. It's feeling comfortable enough to talk to someone about something. Like that's like that's that's the opportunity here. But it's if you want to it's it's there if you don't want to do it now if you want to do it later to someone specifically then that's what i definitely encourage because um it's getting it out there i like i've said it once i've said it a million times is how beneficial it is and just doing it um it's like the but as also as yeti sort of mentioned it's difficult to do it first, to be the one to say, look, I'm having problems. Yeah, very much so. So it's easier for, but there's only, it's one of these things that's like my dad actually brought up to me when I was kind of going through my worst, like not too long ago. He says, whenever I ask you, Reese, how you doing? My response is always fine. I'm doing all right. It's either I'm doing all right, thanks. Yourself, that's I'd always say. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Yourself, so it's like quickly he knew. It's like yeah, you're just saying. It's like a knee jerk reaction. It's like you're just saying this. It's like a, 
you know, an auto, it's like a scripted reply that you've already got in the back pocket. So as soon as you hear this, you just send that out when you're just like, yeah, I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Just to like deflecting it when that's almost not the case. It's like inside, I'll just, it's just to, so I'm almost like, he's asking me a question and I'm like more or less lying, just saying, oh yeah, everything's fine. Thanks. How are you? But to actually um, have someone ask that, like, it's like, how are you? You could say, yeah, I'm fine. But like, how are you? Then to reply to that, it's another thing entirely. Mm-hmm. Sorry, can I just interject here a second? Um, I know we're not meant to, but I just read the chat. Oh, shit. And everyone has agreed that they're always here if we need them. Everyone is completely on board with that everyone has agreed and it's fantastic to see everyone just pooling together yeah that's incredible so it's like shout out to our chat there as i i I, honestly i wouldn't have put it past them anyway i'm sure you could there's anyone in yeah everyone i can almost guarantee you could send a private message to anyone in uh the discord here or in nerf alice's discord um, and they'll get back to you with an actual genuine God, honest, like response from trying to help. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So it's, again, I'm kind of just putting the ball back in Tiff's court that you've, you've kind of now got an open sort of goal. If there's anything that you want to bring up big or small, like we're more than happy to talk about it and uh you know try your best with it put your mind at ease or you know kind of you know see if you can get you looking in a more positive light about something yeah because you said i think i asked before that you had some stuff um if you had any stuff like sort of prepared that you wanted to talk about Did you have anything or were you just going um, with the flow and seeing where it, it went? Uh, mostly just going with the flow, I guess. Because like part of me, like, I don't want to like push you because, but then at the same point, it feels like it's like, I feel like you need to open up about stuff. So it's like, I, I feel a bit conflicted because again, I don't want to, you know, bully you now into be, if you're uncomfortable and saying something. Um, Tiff just messaged me, um, cause she's quite, not quite sure how to bring this up. Okay. Uh, and she asked me if I would speak about it, but Tiff has been speaking to a guy recently. I'm not going to obviously drop any names because she doesn't want any names mentioned that. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, But this person has, you know, they were flirting, they were texting, they were talking, but then he kind of just disappeared. And this is literally over like a week. I don't even think, I don't even think it's been a whole week to be oh, honest. Okay. And... Um... But this person has recently just came out of a quite a bad breakup. Mm. So 
he was obviously like I said, he was flirting with Tiff and talking and he just kind of disappeared. And I have obviously spoken to her that uh, to her about that over the last few days and it is something she is actually struggling with currently. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't know whether he, he knows he likes her. But he's, he's... But he doesn't know whether he wants a relationship or if he's ready for a relationship yet because he's still struggling to go finishing with his breakup, which was literally only last oh, okay. week. Yeah. Like a week or two uh-huh. ago. So it's quite obviously quite recent. So yeah, that, that brings um, up Wall. Like as a guy, I think I mentioned this before on streams, like when a guy says that um, he's just finished a relationship and then it's he's chatting to someone or flirting with someone like that it's um i think i think the biggest takeaway is i think you got to look at the fact that if this is such a fresh breakup for them he's all over the place he doesn't know Mm -hmm. if he's you know a fucking horny harold or if he's wanting to actually he's lonely and he wants someone else or if he's just wanting something casual it's he this guy is probably all over the place well, I could tell you right now, it's not him that's horny, Harold. <laughs> well, as as a guy, I'm pretty like it's, it's probably there. It's probably there a bit. Um, let's. Oh yeah, we we, we all know yeah, what guys exactly. Like. So that's this my takeaway on it. I think it's gonna be. Um, but as you said, if he just broke up with his girlfriend, I don't know how long they were together. But for me, I broke up with my girlfriend in February, and I fucking still think about her. Which is like, yeah, it's like I know she she was a fucking awful person, and then I've been thinking about all the bad things that she did to me and how she treated me, and then I finally start getting like over her, and then she sends me a message saying she kind of wants to get back together, saying that she's changed. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, I'm absolutely I'm absolutely well, fucked. But sorry, that's kind of just changed the subject. You all know that I've, yeah, I've already discussed obviously my ex and that. And even though I don't like her, and I really, I, I, I do hate her for what she did to me, but I still care. Like she said, she was my first, you know, she was my first love, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, if you were this um, person for... There is still times, nine months I was with her, yeah, and she was, like, the, the very first, the, the very first, the only intimate moments I've had in my life until I can actually meet Avenged face-to-face has been with this girl and even even to this day even though i i do love nicole avenged and she means everything to me i do sometimes think of my ex but it's not as in a romantic way or a sex not even a sexual way mm. it's more is she okay yeah i think it's just yeah is she cool she, when, you know? when you've been with someone for any length of time you're probably talking to them all day it's just like you know an actual friend like an actual like, yeah it's been a chunk of your life that's if that's what this guy is going through and then it's not like oh i broke up with her the next week he's on to someone else wanting to he was wanting that again but with someone else it's like i think that's very difficult and i feel that it's unfair on tiff to be for the guy to kind of be like that with her but in the same light it's Mm. um i think she should kind of maybe take take your time with it don't expect a relationship from yeah. this guy straight away that's that's what i that's what i've been saying you need to take your time give him a chance to maybe so it doesn't make him a bad guy just for flirting with someone that. else after he's broken up it's 
he he needs to no. kind of you know take take his time. Uh, I mean, you'll know yourself. You'll you'll know yourself, Reese. That um, when you like you break up with someone, you flirt with another girl. Sometimes you don't realize. Like you flirt with this person because you think, right, okay, new relationship. Like I'm single. I'm out there. Let's go. And then you realize, okay, I'm not over Max. I'm not over her, him, them, you know, mm-hmm. whoever. And then you do kind of backtrack. There is some people that do backtrack. Yeah, because it's it'd be unfair um, on the other person as well. If you if they want a relationship but you can't fully commit or give them, yeah, you know. Oh, I, I completely understand where it is, where it's fair, where it's not fair, and all that. But we've, like I said, we've all done it. I mean, I'm sure Tiff has met a guy. You know, decided she liked him, but realized that she still likes her ex as well. Mm. Or you're not quite over your ex. And any person's on that. I, I like, I know that for a fact. Like when I got with my ex, the girl I was speaking to before her, even though we never actually became anything, I still, re- I really mm. liked her. And so I did sometimes still think, you know, did I make the, the wrong yeah. choice going with Shooter, woulda, coulda. her? Yeah. But yeah, I think with that one is I definitely not look too deep into that. Sure, you probably had some fun chatting away for for a week and thinking it's probably leading somewhere and maybe cheeky flirty and whatever it's going on there, all good times. But um, not to get so invested straight away. It's like sure you're yeah. you're keen. That's what you want, but don't try and force what you want onto someone to give them something give you something that they're not ready to give. It's like you're trying to mold him already for something that you want when he doesn't want that, which is unfair on him and ultimately unfair for you. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I think the what to focus on there would just be take take your time with that. Sure, you want something ASAP, but if it's worthwhile and if it's going to lead to something genuine, taking your time with that is will be invaluable. Would you not agree? I agree. One thing um, I would like to just talk on this about is, so first of all, I just want to say I've never used like a dating app or anything because i actually met my wife before tinder was a thing so i've just i got lucky i did um i i met my wife at a party the old-fashioned way we both got drunk and classic <laughs> that night yeah um uh, one kind of anecdotal story that I've heard quite a lot recently with regards to um, online dating and this is obviously like not necessarily through to your situation but a lot of what I hear from people who I know who have used um, dating apps or people I follow on like Twitter and that kind of thing is that most people will be trying to match with someone. And so they're trying to match with like a lot of people because they want to find a match. 
And so they could be messaging a couple of people at the same time. And if like if someone for whatever reason feels that they're not getting enough attention or the right sort of attention, they might look to move on to someone else chatting who seems to be chatting in more the way that they seem that they want. And I think what a lot of people don't realize um, is the effect that going at kind of becoming a bit colder after you've been chatting to someone that they don't think about the effect that that can have on the person that they've kind of stopped chatting with. And like, I don't know that it's intentional um, in that they, they, they're not trying to hurt you or anything like that, but they're looking potentially for what they're after. And sometimes they'll look at what they see be kind of like the quickest route to that and I would just kind of be thinking if he's if he's coming out of like any length of a relationship he might not know what he wants but I like you you've mentioned that like loneliness is one of the things that you're struggling with at the minute mm -hmm. um like i i can appreciate that like because i know from like in the past i have like after relationships i have sought out like affection or attention from other people because it it seems to make me feel better about myself um and i think a lot of people would be in the same boat and i i would just try and encourage you to like try and work out what it is that you're looking for specifically rather than just you're looking to be in a relationship if you get what i mean yeah because like a lot of people can go from one relationship to another relationship to another relationship and they can all be bad relationships because they're not actually like connecting properly but then i also appreciate that it is hard to fully connect with someone without trying to connect with them and that is just dating and i cannot imagine the difficulties of trying to date in 2020 with bloody lockdown and quarantine and face masks and social distance like <laughs> yeah social distancing um like and yeah i i'm just like so thankful that touch wood i will never have to date again yep one of the lucky ones uh um yeah like i i appreciate i am super lucky i got i hold on to her just, <laughs> yeah yeah 
Yeah. Um, but like, there's there's nothing wrong with holding out for the right person. There's nothing wrong with like going hard every time you start chatting to someone that you like. But I would. So one one thing that has come up in, in my marriage is that neither me nor my wife want kids. Like, and we had that conversation very, very early. We had that the first weekend we got together in a casual way, but we both knew that neither of us wanted kids. And that was straight out the door because that meant that if, say, for example, I was like, oh, I really don't want kids. And uh, Wendy was like, oh, I, I really want kids. At that point, we could have been like, right, okay. So this either is going to be a, a temporary thing because we have diametrically opposed opinions or that's going to be the end of it there, right there and then. I got lucky in that I met someone who had the same opinion on that topic as I do. And so we continued seeing each other. We continued like our relationship and like I have nieces, I have nephews and I love them dearly. But every time I, I like spend any length of time with my nieces or nephews, like me and my wife will share a look and go, do you want, have you changed your mind or do you want, do you want kids? And we'll both just go, no, not a chance. So it's it's those sorts of big things that is worth thinking about even when you're not with someone to get to know what you are looking for. Because if you really want kids, then you need to find someone who really wants kids. If you if you really don't want kids, then you have to find someone that you really who doesn't want kids as well. Because if you start dating someone who has the opposite opinion on and kids is just one topic like it's just the easiest thing to talk about for me um you have to kind of know what your your big topics are and so that that's worth thinking about whether you're in a relationship or not in a relationship but i i would always encourage people to do it before they are in a relationship because like it's it's knowing what you're willing to take a chance on and what you're not willing to take a chance on. Mm-hmm. To kind of piggyback off of that, I definitely say for girls, well, just for any single person, is to when you're kind of, especially on dating apps, from what my experience has been make your what you're looking for clear like straight away do you want just something casual are you looking for something serious are you wanting to see where it goes it's you know you've got to make that clear because if you're not on the same page from the start yeah you're like destined to fail like with this guy he's just out of his breakup is he looking for something casual is that is he just looking for you know a rebound while that's unfair for you when you're looking for a relationship or as it could easily be that he's just unsure himself what he wants it's these things to definitely 
be, you know, keep in mind and kind of really stick true to what you want. So I feel like we're just kind of like inundating you with all this information and all our spicy hot takes. It's a lot to think about. Definitely. Have you ever watched the film um, Dream Girls? No. I've not seen it either. My wife loves it. <laughs> I have seen it once because my wife loves it so much. Um, but it is a it's a good film it is i think the message that i took from it is knowing your worth and empowering yourself and i think that that is something that we all need these days like a lot of people are out for themselves and in in a way, rightly so, because at like you're trying to make yourself happy. I'm trying to make myself happy. I'm like I can't make other people happy unless I'm making myself happy because like misery loves company in a way. So you you need to well i i try and focus on what makes me happy so that i if i'm in a good place i can try and help other people be in a good place or a better place mm -hmm. i think um that definitely um it's like it's kindness essentially it's being kind to others it's it's a a benefit to yourself it's it's not selfishness, but it's like you get, it's like a win-win. If you're kind to someone, it kind of can make their day or, you know, it's a positive to them. But it's also, you know, it's um, mentally healthy for yourself as well. Being positive, putting that out there. But I think that's been almost two hours, guys. So unless there's anything you desperately want to talk about or say, um, maybe you should think about finishing up. So is there anyone else? Is there anything that they want to add or discuss while we're still here? Um, just one thing, it's going back on what Yeti said, like at the very beginning, um, that none of us are trained professionals. None of us have a degree. None of us have this. This is actually something I have been thinking about looking into and maybe studying is psychology and psychiatry um, because I see, like, I realise how men, how psychology and psychiatry has helped me and I've seen how they've helped others and I've thought about I would like to be able to pass that on and help other people with mental health, with autism with ADHD you know something like that and be able to help them get better and recover move through their lives and you know change all the stigma and all that, that everything has in that 
Mm-hmm, absolutely. I say fucking go for it. Because, uh, yeah, if that's what you want to do, think about now's the time. You're young enough. You can still get, uh, you know, a degree under your belt or even if it's just um, a qualification of sorts of your maybe want to be a counselor or something. Yeah. That's still totally achievable. Yeah. You can, uh, and it's, yeah, I think nowadays I feel that it's going to be, a, you know, a sought after position as in there'll be enough people looking uh, currently, I don't think there's enough because, you know, I think the waiting list for anywhere really is like, you know, six to nine months for someone to get seen, which is like atrocious. Say if you yeah. broke your leg and you're like, oh, sorry, we can't see you for another six to nine months. That's insane. Like that mm-hmm. is, that's because exactly, it's this. Currently, currently the NHS is dealing with, especially at the very start of quarantine and of the pandemic they were basically ignoring all other patients and just dealing with covid mm-hmm. and that was like just covid 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 and there was people that were i mean i remember my granddad went in because my granddad's got a bad heart and blah 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 and he waited hours and he thought he was having a heart attack and he went in and he was waiting hours to be seen and because they were too busy dealing with COVID, he says there was beds everywhere, people in the halls and beds, not these minor patients or people that they didn't think was as bad as COVID. And I was like, I understand COVID is a deadly, it kills. But they were crying out for beds. And it's like, if you help the not so sick first, you've got these beds to spare. Mm-hmm. Now, get the COVID thing, get them on the get people COVID and get them on the antibiotics or the steroids or whatever it is they give. I know they give you steroids for obviously your chest. I think they give you antibiotics. Like I'm not sure, but it's like get them in, get them stable, at least stable, and then deal with the minor patients, get them out, get them going. So you've got beds to give others. So you've got space for other patients and stuff like that. And the problem with that though as well, is and I know um I don't know if you're really into talking politics on your stream, but when we were going through this pandemic, that the government decided to cut the NHS again, which I don't know about you guys, but really pissed me off. Yeah, it was. Um, I think the whole the way the government's handling the NHS is. I think that's another topic entirely. So, but let's just keep it on point with the, the mind you for the time being and just the, the, yeah. the finishing points for, for everyone. So yeah, have you got any uh, final points that you, you want to add before we uh, uh, close it down? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you for setting this up because if nothing else comes up today, it's kind of shown me that talking about this stuff is easier than I thought it was going to be. Like you, you mentioned this earlier in the week that you were doing the stream and I, I was interested in doing it, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to take part or just, just listen and be in the chat and listen. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that I took part because it feels like I've taken kind of a baby step towards going to a doctor and speaking to them. Because I've kind of shown that, like, I I can talk about this stuff now. Obviously, the 
the benefit of doing it on a stream where I have a screen name that is Yeti uh -huh. um, is that there's anonymity yeah. and that like if there's a bad reaction I can just I can log off yeah I, I could if there was a, a really bad reaction to anything I said I could just never come back to your chat again yeah. that kind of thing <laughs> you can run away but there's there's yeah no one has no one has responded in that way and so yeah and well I think that was the it, it's, that's the surprising thing with something like this is uh whatever your negative thoughts were of not being able to do this, not being able to talk about something like this. It's whatever you thought was like, oh, maybe if I say this, then possibly this bad thing will happen, which is putting me off. Like, sure, that is a possibility. There's yeah. every possibility that me, Redon, or Tiff are going to be like, no, you're stupid, big, silly, neep. That's uh, completely unconfounded. You're stupid, whatever. And be really negative. But like that was always a possibility. But it's also in the same breath, a possibility of everyone being super positive, uh, you know, being behind you, hoping the best and, you know, taking the time to listen and, you know, try and give you some, you know, some genuine sort of feedback, bullet points back to yourself uh, to encourage you. Um, yeah. That is, again, it's when you're by yourself thinking these things, you can, you can get stuck on a track that you think's right, which isn't. And that's why I encourage mind you my chat talking talking to your friends family whoever just talking getting it out there it's that is the benefit of getting it out there and finding that it's like you should never be afraid of talking it's it's that little part in your head that says no this is a bad idea you need to forget and just do it anyway and you will be surprised at the outcome but i'm, I'm really uh grateful that you came on opened up and I spoke about that stuff. Yes, same with Redon and Tiff as well. It's been, uh, I was mad apprehensive about doing this anyway and being, seeing if it was worthwhile because I thought it might just be me chatting about my thing for a little bit and everyone thinking, oh, whoa, this is way too dark or that I didn't sign up for this or whatever. But I kind of, once I just started, I just kind of went along with it. And um, you know, I thank Redon for jumping in after me and then Yeti as well. And then us kind of uh, uh, hassling Tiff more than anything after the break sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think so. Massive shout out to all you and I'm proud of you for talking to me in such detail. And it's really made it like this is exactly what I wanted pretty much. And if you've managed to take anything away from it, that's positive. I am absolutely overjoyed. Um, the only thing I kind of wanted to sort of really finish off with the fact that it was, uh, you know, mental, no, it was suicide prevention awareness day. Um, so I think this was, I saw this in, I think this was meant, uh, the mental health foundation of Scotland mentioned this, they call it weight. So W A I T and it all stands for something regarding mental health and looking for it in others. So the first part, the W's, watch out for signs of change of behavior and um, just distress in friends or family members. And the next thing, A, ask. Ask if they're having serious thoughts of suicide. So I think that is, if you see that, and then it, it, they do say to be like really blunt with that. 
And then the next part is I saying it will pass. Um, these feelings will go with time. And I think that is, I think all of us can, who's had dealings, feelings of this can agree to that one. And then the last one is, so it's W-A-I-T, talk. It says, talk to others uh, and then encourage professional advice if necessary. So I think that a nice mm -hmm. thing to kind of, so it was just wait. So essentially watch out for signs, ask if they're having suicidal thoughts. It will pass and then talk to others and professionals. So I think that was I mean, a good thing to kind of. That, that's perfect. And like, talk to others, you know, even if, um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I've even realized even just talking to a stranger in a pub when you've had a few drinks, even that sometimes helps. Yeah. It's, there's nothing better than the support of a drunk person, honestly. Well, if they're <laughs> drunk as well, then yeah, they'll be like your absolute best friend. Like, all right, pal, get, get in, get yeah. in for a bozy man. Aye. Exactly. <laughs> Especially here <laughs> yeah. in Scotland. Although... Nobody likes you in Aberdeen until you're drunk and then everybody's yeah, your friend. That's true. It feels like <laughs> Aberdeen, everyone's kind of doing their own thing. They're all super guarded. And then as soon as it comes out that you're you're drunk or you're if you're drunk and say that you're having yeah. a bad time, they'll be like, Oh no, come in, come in, I hear I'll sort you. Come on, I'll help you. Yeah. Hi. If you if you walk down the street sober on a Saturday night, you're dodging yeah. hugs. <laughs> Just random people trying to hug you. <laughs> oh god. So yeah, I think I think that's pretty much it before this gets that's been it's like over an hour and a bit. Uh almost two hours, sorry. Um but yeah, this has been thanks to everyone for being involved. And um mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe make it maybe a monthly thing, maybe a two weekly thing. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. See if other folk want to get involved, jump in. I think we've shown it what it's like, the positives of talking and getting things out there, and uh, all that. It's, you know, I'm I'm never gonna stop shouting about it. <laughs> I'm even within in my stream, in my tweets or whatever. I'm the biggest, uh, you know, advocate for this, and I'm really glad I'm, I was able to do it sort of intimately with. Uh, use three and it seems like you enjoyed it and got something to take mm. away well enjoyed's a big uh <laughs> big word well, appreciate yeah maybe yeah exactly i think fun isn't the correct word but no. you know no. i think it was, there was some well, growth. It's, it's it's what everyone needs yeah. exactly we, we all need someone to talk to i've just noticed guys the whole the whole stream is a complete failure because there's a typo in the in the stream chat uh like in the oh, no, that was, that's probably my bad because i quickly changed it yeah um because i noticed it was i hadn't changed it from when i started it so at the break i changed it so for i don't even want to look at my typo because i have to bring up chat so you just brought attention to it for, no one probably saw yeah. it at all <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> Ah, open chat. Yeah. An open oh, chat. Ah, okay. Yeah. An. Yeah, yeah. I'm just being. Oh, okay. Well, I, I think for me and my spelling errors, I've definitely done worse. So, I, I'm not too fussed about that one. Remember, he's he's Scottish and most importantly, Aberdonian. We can't spell. <laughs> we oh, struggle okay. talking. We can't uh, even talk English. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs>
then that's yeah. on me then that's on me <laughs> no problem so i think yeah let's uh let's end it there uh, so thanks again everyone for joining in uh i'll definitely i'll look into trying to get on youtube and share it onto other things like that so more people can hear our stories and see the benefits of talking and all that hopefully someone else can get a, a positive takeaway from from this it's not just us so again i thank every one of you for your time and for your stories um it's truly invaluable to me it means a lot it's it to me this feels like it's a success which was i was mad apprehensive about um so yeah i think that's absolutely everything uh i don't know how to sort of end it how do i does everyone just jump out of this uh discord channel or do i just kick everyone out <laughs> yeah i mean either one works or can i just i'll i'll, I'll, I'll be the first to okay go. Bye, guys. Peace out. Thanks very much. Bye. Take it easy. Yeah, he's gone. Tiff, you go next. What? You go next. We'll do it in order. Okay. <laughs> Bye. See ya. Tiff's gone. Bye. Yeah, it's just me. The two, the Reese boys. <laughs> yeah. We should, be, we should totally be a tag team. <laughs> we'll get some spiked shoulder pads like the Legion of Doom. Yes, exactly. <laughs> They'll be tartan. <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Right. Start again. See you later, Peace dude. out. Peace out. And that's it, ladies and gents. That was the first ever Mind You stream.